Once Upon a Time in a podcast being recorded far, far away. How many times have you heard that intro? Let's start over. Oh, I got it. Live from Geek Station, it's the Geeks Cross... Wait, 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 wait. That sounds familiar. Damn it, Matt. How are we going to start this episode? Well, why don't we take it back to the day that everything took a turn for the worse for Disney? Yes. (laughs) Of course, we're talking about 2005, (laughs) the year that everything changed. When Disney released one of, actually critics claim it to be one of the worst Disney movies ever made in the history of animation. A little film by the name of Chicken Little. Yes. We all know the story of Chicken Little, but how could Disney cue a little short story into one of the most disliked films of all time? Well, that's what we're discussing in today's episode. I know around the time this episode comes out, it will have been close to around 15 years exactly to when Chicken Little released. I think we're off by about a month. But we are just going to take a look and, and kind of dissect what this movie's about, what turns people off so much about this movie, and maybe why we would want to defend it, why we're going through all the trouble. <laughs> How often are you going to hear people say, oh, I love Chicken Little, especially the Disney movie? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You don't even really hear people talk much about the fairy tale anymore, let alone the movie. I think everybody just is drawn to that. I think the movie discredited the fairy tale a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, so yeah, now- yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, it, it it delves pretty far from the fairy tale. I don't remember the original fairy tale having any aliens. <laughs> yes, for some of you who are wondering, if, well, for those who are familiar with the fairy tale, you're right, there are no aliens, but what does aliens have to do with Chicken Little? Well, we're going to dive into the plot. Okay, so Matt, would you like to do the honors? Well, actually, explain what exactly was the fairy tale about first. Ah, uh, okay. Well, um, pretty much, more or less, it is a story where a chicken... It's, it's like a little community of animals, right? You know, fa- basic fairy tale stuff. And one of them is Chicken Little. And pretty much the story goes, an acorn falls on the chicken's head and he panics and tells all the other animals that the sky is falling. And obviously it turns out that's not true. And the whole fable acts as a a warning about paranoia, you know, like don't be paranoid, you know, make sure you do your homework first. And that's kind of the inspiration, the, the acorn that would grow into the oak tree that would be Disney's Chicken Little, if you don't mind my pun. Lucky for us, this movie is chock full of puns. <laughs> yes, it, it, uh, it's definitely got a very quirky sense of humor, this movie, absolutely. Okay, so we know what the fairy tale's about. What's the actual movie about? Well, <laughs> takes that concept, actually it opens for the, the, the first five minutes of the movie, is that fairy tale. It's Chicken Little, hitting the head with an acorn, thinks the sky is falling, warns the whole town, they all panic. And then they find out, oh, no, it's just an acorn that fell on his head. And his father, Buck Cluck, pretty much comes up to everybody and says, oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't know what he's doing. You're misunderstanding. And then that's it. That's the five minutes. That's the whole fable. But then fast forward, we get the rest of the movie, which is Chicken Little has evidence. You know, Chicken Little is kind of a loser, hangs out at high school with sort of his misfit buddies. They get bullied, wants to live up to his father's expectations. No mother. I think they referenced that she's kind of not alive. I don't mean to interrupt you, Matt, but... Take a shot every time you watch a Disney movie where a parent dies. Yeah, a mother, a father, or both. <laughs> but um, yeah, in this case, it's only one. And so Buck Cluck's kind of like struggling to raise his son, whatever. And lo and behold, 
a panel from the sky actually falls. Right after Chicken Little finally gets his father's approval with a great baseball game, this happens. So he's like, oh my gosh, I have evidence here. And of course the evidence is freaking out. It's always, and it's, it's, it becomes a piece of alien technology. It's revealed that's fallen from the sky, not an actual piece of the sky, but nobody believes him. Right. Cause he's chicken little. He already, he told the famous lie that the sky is falling. Now it actually is. And him and his friends have to try to find a way to warn everyone without looking insane. And they have a lot of trouble with this. So shenanigans ensue as chicken little and his friends try to piece together what's happening. Why, why are there alien technology and why are there aliens around how do we get everybody to believe us? And it's kind of just this fun little story, sort of a father-son bonding moment, sort of a misfits trying to fit in moment, and all around just a silly little Disney movie. Yeah, uh, fun fact. I think this was the first CGI movie that Disney tried to make on their own because for a while, Pixar has been the king of CGI films. So obviously, Disney tries to, you know, well, should I say competition because weren't they technically still owned by the same company at during this year? Yeah, Disney was in agreement with Pixar, although I think this was the year or it was like the last year after this, like 2006, where they actually full out bought it. I think you're right. At this point, they were still more or less operating under the idea of, okay, we have this little contract with Pixar and then we're going to go our separate ways like very soon. So they were kind of starting. You're right. They were kind of operating like, okay, now we have to do some CGI stuff because if we lose Pixar, we got to step up our game. It doesn't help that the last two Disney movies they released, I think it was Home on the Range, but I forgot what the other one was. Mm, was it Atlantis around that time? Maybe. Yeah. But like the point is, the last 2D animated features they made, they didn't do well financially or critically as well. No, no. Oh, I remember. Yeah, it was Atlantis, it was Home on the Range, and it was Treasure Planet. Those were like their big early 2000s animated films. And I think Treasure Planet still holds some records for just how bad it bombed. Uh, as an animated film. So Disney, the Disney Renaissance had just come to a screeching halt, right? For those of you who don't know, the Disney Renaissance is that period of time in right after the late 80s and into the 90s where they really found their footing. They made a slew of extremely successful films, critically and financially. Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Mulan, uh, all of those movies, The Lion King, all of these big, big movies from the 90s. And by the time the early 2000s rolled around, that had kind of ended. They were running out of juice there. And Chicken Little, in many ways, referenced a bold new path forward. Like, okay, let's start fresh. Let's go CGI. This is the way of the future. And obviously, it didn't really find the footing that it was looking for. Or to put it simply, well, this is coming from an audience point of view. Yeah. Chicken Little sucks. <laughs> yeah. But you're probably wondering, this is Disney's first ever attempt at a CGI feature-length film. How could it bomb so badly? Well, at least from a critical standpoint. Well, there's actually a few reasons that suggest that. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to point out is the animation. You can definitely tell that this was Disney's first attempt at a CGI film because everything just looked a bit choppy, at least in my opinion. Everything looked choppy from like, you know, the scenery and even the character models for the anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, they look a little wacky. Absolutely. I think especially now that we're looking back in 2020 uh, with what animated animals look like today. It's like night and day, <laughs> poor little chicken little back then, compared to animals in, uh, you know, like Moana or Zootopia or modern Disney movies with animals. They look so different. But yeah, but looking at Chicken Little himself, am I the only one that's creeped out that he has a full set of teeth? <laughs> that's true. You know, I never thought about that before, but yeah, that's creepy. Because I was looking at the promotional picture for the soundtrack, and it shows him smiling with his mouth open. 
he has teeth, my dude. I don't know my animals as much as you do, but I'm pretty fucking sure chickens don't have teeth. <laughs> and if they do, I don't think they have a full set of human teeth with human smiles. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. So yeah, so definitely animation was, was slacking, although... Another big re- problem that critics had with the movie was not even the animation. That was one of them, obviously, but also just the writing. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave the film a 37 out of 100, meaning that they're calling it rotten. Anything below 50 on Rotten Tomatoes means it's not good. Oh, no, below 60, actually. Uh, sorry. And they actually said in their little comment that, that Disney clearly spent more money and effort on the presentation than the storyline. So, yeah, there's some problems with the story, uh, and definitely a lot of critics had problems. They thought it was weird. They thought, rightfully so, that it kind of ruins the idea of the original fairy tale if there's actually a reason to be paranoid because the sky really is falling now. It's like, hmm, well, things change. And a lot of people have had a problem with the characterization, you know, like, oh, Chicken Little's friends really don't do much, or Chicken Little's dad is, like, really, really mean. I've heard a lot of that. Yeah, it's like Buck Ace, a.k.a. Chicken Little's father. As far as we know, he's the most hated character in the whole film Mm -hmm. because when you really get down to it, he's not really supportive to his son. Like, he doesn't defend him in any way. Like, oh, maybe my son was onto something. Maybe he was right for once. But no, he succumbed to the pressure and downright to, you know, embarrassment once again. Not once, but twice. Yeah. Once during the acorn incident. And second, when, you know, Chicken Little had actual proof that there were aliens. Yeah. Yeah, they, he kind of just disregarded you know, that, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of confusing, like, how they did this weird change in story direction because, you know, it's like you said before, the fairy tale aspect only lasted first five to ten minutes. Then all of a sudden it's about, you know, Chicken Little trying to be accepted, trying to prove that he was right and, you know, try to get as far as approval. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Disney's attempt at trying to, you know, incorporate a different style of storytelling, but I just felt like it was kind of forced in. No, 100%. It almost sometimes feels like a play in two acts. <laughs> when you look at the first half of the movie all about Chicken Little getting ready for the baseball game and hitting that, making that amazing run and getting his father's approval, and then all of a sudden it's, boom, guess what? Now there's aliens. It's just like, what happened? <laughs> this is so bizarre. It's like Disney had a hat, and they just have like, a bunch of ideas like, in writing. It's like, okay, so what's the first hat going to be? Okay, baseball game, get father's approval. Okay, what's, what are we getting out next? Oh, aliens. <laughs> Tries to get his father approval again. The sky is falling for real this time. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so it's the story critics would definitely agree. A bit jumbled. Absolutely. Uh, to say the least. And I think the third and probably, well, that's probably not the biggest reason, but like a third reason that supports why this movie gets so much hate is the pop culture references and the puns. Mm. Yeah, it's very heavy handed. Coming from Disney too, it's very weird because Disney... Again, maybe this is Disney Renaissance, but actually, no, this is always Disney. This is from Snow White on. They're known for their original music, their very original crafting of stories and jokes and, you know, just all around charm. Chicken Little really didn't do that. They heavily borrowed from existing songs, from existing media. You know, this is the first real Disney movie to not have, I'm sorry, the first real musical Disney movie to not have original music. You know, they borrow songs they kind of cover songs like at one point two Chicken Little's friends are singing karaoke and it's a real song. The credits music, they're covering a real song. So the music is very much just, oh, we're taking from pop culture. And the, and like Eric said, the jokes, right? And the references are also heavily borrowed from pop culture. It's a little strange. 
even when they don't make sense. Like, you know, obviously one of the characters, fish out of water, they can't understand him because, you know, he always has a helmet on. It's full of water, so he can only communicate with bubbles. And then one of his friends, Runt of Litter, he thought he was saying, Darth Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> I don't know if this was just a simple pop culture references, or maybe that was foreshadowing Disney buying the rights to Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I'll be damned if Chicken Little actually predicted that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's little moments like that. It just kind of doesn't make much sense. Well, going back to Fish Out of Water, during gym class, I think it was gym class, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, you know, they were playing dodgeball, and then, you know, while they were talking about Chicken Little being late and shit, all of a sudden you hear fish out of water, like, building a city out of newspapers and acting like King Kong. <laughs> what does that have to do with the movie? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. They tried to shoehorn as much pop culture references as possible. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. <laughs> And this is coming from Disney of all companies. Yeah, it's weird. No, that's the thing. It, it's so jarring because it's Disney. At the time, Disney really wasn't no even their big flops of the early two thousands. Treasure Planet, uh, Atlantis, and Home on the Range. Granted, I haven't seen Home on the Range for a very long time, so it might be just as cringy. <laughs> Who knows? But those movies even really didn't do the whole. Let's just borrow everything from pop culture and see what sticks. That was really just Chicken Little. It's very confusing, like, why Disney decided this was the direction that Chicken Little needed to go after so many proven successes with original stories, original music, and original humor. It's very weird why they decided to make this very abrupt uh, 180. I don't know, man. (laughs) I think, well, I'm actually not defending the movie yet, Mm. but I think this was around the time where Disney was still experimenting to see how their CGI films would go on. Like, you know, would pop culture references work in their films? Yeah. Obviously, the Disney audience is expanding, and it's continuing to grow to this day. So they're trying to appeal to as many fans as possible. Because, like you said, Star Wars and, you know, King Kong. Like, they're trying to appeal to the current fans and the yeah. old fans. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's weird. It is weird, though. Yeah. One of the scenes that probably felt like the most forced in, you know, going back to the baseball act. I feel like the whole point of that was just to give Chicken Little that one moment of glory. But then all of a sudden, like, he just quickly gets dropped. Because, like, you know, it doesn't help that in the final battle, he doesn't really demonstrate any of his baseball skills to, you know, save the town. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh, generic alien romp. They don't really even call back much to the baseball game. Which, again, is like we were saying earlier, it's just, it really feels like they just took two plots and stitched them together in the writing room. So, just to recap why this movie gets so much hate. Cringy animation, drawing, storytelling and a shitload of pop culture references and puns. <laughs> yeah, so w- with all that, you might be asking yourself, how the heck could these two possibly say that this is a good movie? Why does it deserve defense? I think it's time maybe we get to that then. Okay, so I know you said that the writing is like all over the place, but at the same time, you can't help but laugh your ass off. Like, I think Chicken Little is one of those movies that's so bad, it's good. <laughs> yeah, obviously the writing's all over the place, but... Like I said, you can't help but laugh because of all the shit that comes out of these characters' mouths. Yeah, no, it, 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 like I said earlier, a very quirky sense of humor, and that really works a lot of times. Like, first, personally, I find the dynamic between Runt and Chicken Little and Abby Mallard, which is like an ugly duckling joke, and Fish Out of Water, I find their interactions always just so funny. Like, you have Runt freaking out all the time and Fish making dark jokes and Chicken Little like, guys, come on, we got to figure out what's going on. It's just very whimsical. It's very fun. Like when they're in the crop circle and they hear the 
cutting sounds. It's just run eating corn because he's a nervous eater. <laughs> like stupid little moments like that. Y'all just laugh. <laughs> I, I think Rom was my favorite character because of his, you know, insecurities and how easily he gets timid. <laughs> going back to the gym scene, when they were going over, you know, the rules of dodgeball, he was like, oh, excuse me, coach. Can we go over safety procedures? Right. A for the pig. <laughs> Yeah, that's Steve Zahn playing him. Yeah. Uh, he's a pretty well-known actor. But, yeah, he did, he did great in his run. <laughs> yeah, like, aim for the pig that takes up half of the second <laughs> And to think he's only the runt of his family's litter. <laughs> like, they're all bigger than him. <laughs> oh, man. And, and, and some of the characterization, I mean, obviously, like Eric said, the humor is honestly pretty funny and quirky. But some of the characterization that people really don't like, I don't have a problem with. For example, Elephant in the Room, Buck, and Chicken Little. Like, Buck's a crappy father. He's so mean. He never tries to understand his son. But personally, I, I kind of like how they craft that storytelling. Almost like they, they're, they're pretty clear at the beginning that the mother is sort of the reason why they were, they, um, you know, the mother kind of held them together. Now she's gone, and you have this nerdy, like, awkward little kid, and his sort of jockey uh, used to be a baseball player dad, like struggling to understand and like two different worlds. Uh, it reminds me, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The father-son dynamics a lot like that, like the gruff, like reserved father and the awkward son. And then the mother dies and they like have to sort of understand each other. It's sort of like that. I, I thought the movie Chicken Little did a decent job with that. Like Buck Cluck and Chicken Little almost come from different worlds. And so every time Buck Cluck really can't understand his son, because literally he can't. He's like, I, I can't wrap my head around what my son is doing. And it just makes that ending moment where he fully accepts him that much more satisfying. It's like he finally gets it. He finally understands his son. Like, so to speak, they've, they've arrived at the same planet. <laughs> yeah, speaking of planets, the alien portion, yes, it's completely unnecessary. But at the same time, that's really where most of the action in this mm -hmm. film is featured in. Because, like, I'll admit, even though, like, this movie was all over the place, I have to admit, the final climax was pretty yeah. intense. Uh, all these deadly aliens trying to eradicate everything they see just to find their child. <laughs> Kirby, by the way. And no, he doesn't look like the Kirby we're familiar with. Well, you know the <laughs> Swiffer Duster? Imagine the head of a Swiffer Duster with three eyes and three <laughs> tentacles, but has a cute face. Not as cute as the actual Kirby, but, you know... Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll admit, the alien designs, they actually are kind of cute, given the animation that this movie was going on. Yeah, and I like how time. they put them in mech suits, right? Like, the mech suit design, too, is really cool, because they're just kind of these wibbly, noodle-armed monstrosities. They're, they're sort of expressive with their faces, even though they're mech suits. It's really a cool design, and then at the end, when they step out of them, it's just like, yeah, we're just little fluff balls. <laughs> It, it is very cool. I, I, I do like the alien design, both for the mech suits and for the actual aliens. Even though the ending, I find a little bit of a cop-out. How they're like, yeah, we're, we're just here for the acorns. It's all a misunderstanding. But then again, I mean, acorns are such a central part of the story of Chicken Little. I guess it's kind of, you know, comes full circle in a way. Before we go back to the alien sequence, I'll admit the baseball scene, even though once again, out of place, it's actually one of my favorite scenes because, like I said, this was Chicken Little's first moment of glory. And the way they presented it, it was kind of Yeah, kind of I loved that scene. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, Chicken Little was, like, bench warming throughout the whole baseball season. 
and then I forgot who was on bat, but he or she couldn't <laughs> couldn't bat, so it was up to Chicken Little, and then everybody was like whimpering in fear, like, "Oh no, we're doomed!" <laughs> and then a comedy of errors happens on the other team, which pretty much lets Chicken Little make it all the way around, barely, like literally by a toe. Like, <laughs> the umpire comes and brushes him off, <laughs> even before. <laughs> even before that, like you know, they told him don't, <laughs> don't swing. swing. Or swing. <laughs> don't swing. <laughs> it's a hit, a hit, a hit, a hit, a hit. Run! Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, comedy of errors. The other team can't get their act together, and Chicken Little makes it by the little clip of his talon. Umpire comes, dusts him off. Just. A hilarious, iconic scene. Um, and the umpire, not the umpire, the announcer is actually uh, Simpsons legend Harry Shearer. You know, voices of, of Mr. Burns, Skinner. Um, so you have him. He's obviously a very funny guy by nature. So you have him narrating the whole time as all the players flail around. It's just such a funny scene. Oh, my goodness. And it led to one of my favorite scenes where like, Chicken Little was singing his rendition of yeah. um, We Are the Champions. <laughs> I am the champion, my friends, <laughs> and I'll keep on fighting till the end. Burner. I am the champion. <laughs> I am the champion. The gone is the loser, cause I am the champion. Of the world. <laughs> that was a good cover, though. Of a cover. <laughs> uh, sorry, Matt. I'm not going to sing it as you are. Uh, but yeah, that is a funny scene. And again, the baseball game and like kind of how it changes Buck and Chicken Little's relationship is kind of interesting. Okay, I don't know. That that's just for me personally. I don't really pick apart their relationship as much as a lot of people do, and I'm sure other people rightfully can say. He's just a jerk, and it's not fun to watch a jerk. Like, I, I get it. And it's even mind-blowing because that scene, you know, yeah. him singing We Are the Champions, it's on the official <laughs> soundtrack for this film. I'm not Dude, even fucking literally kidding. Runt and Abby Mallard singing uh, Wannabe is on the soundtrack to this film. This, By the way, check a little soundtrack. Go check it out if you haven't. It, it's a whirlwind. <laughs> a wild ride. Especially if you like the Bare Naked <laughs> yeah, Ladies. That's, oh, yeah. Were they the ones that did the opening song? Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. That is a good song. Oh yeah, another good scene. Like you know, Chicken Little finally finds you know proof. Well, actually, he discovers the proof for the first time, and you know, it camouflages with like yeah. his floor. <laughs> and then you know, he screams. Spark runs up. He's like, "What happened?" <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I fell. You fell, and it's like all the way on the other side <laughs> of the room. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get over there? What, what, where? Right there. Where? There. How'd you get over there? What are we talking about? <laughs> I know. If you thought we were treated to that, that type of scene once, no, they do it again twice. Because, you know, this time Chicken Little's friends are, you know, they see the proof for the first time. And uh, Abby was telling him, this is your chance. Go tell your father. And he's like, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. And, you know, what's my absolute favorite part of this movie. Like, even before the alien invasion, before they, you know, sworn the town for the second time, they're on the spaceship for the first time. And, you know, they're in the observatory and they see all the planets getting, getting crossed out. 
And you know, Earth is being circled, and Chickalow's like, "Where's like, that?" And then Run like squeals and he fucking faints. <sighs> and then the aliens come up, and he's like, "So, you been to the mall?" <laughs> just, just Zach Braff's little ad libbing throughout the movie is just, oh, so funny. <laughs> oh, and the scene where they they warn the town for the second time, sort of a gag in this movie. Chicken Low couldn't explain anything in words, so he kept on like mumbling and stuttering, which I relate to wholeheartedly. He's like, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah! Then Turkey Larky, who's the mayor of the town, he's like, what do you <laughs> yeah, say? Then he has like, you know, agent with the cue cards. <laughs> he was like, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah! Oh, oh and then. <laughs> it's in the baseball field, quick, everybody, hurry to. Oh, guys! Look, a penny! <laughs> you got. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh man going back to the alien invasion scene it was also one of the most powerful scenes because chicken little yeah. finally stood yeah. up to buck essentially telling him like hey you've been a shitty father ever since this whole acorn incident or ever since mom died i don't know if they yeah. said that exactly but you know in a sort of context yeah. it makes yeah. sense no that was a good scene yeah because like you know finally this is the father and son bonnie that we've been waiting for this whole movie but even though i think buck pushed it a little because it was like Okay, so what now, son? Who I now support <laughs> a little 100%. bit on the nose. <laughs> so plan A, we have to run to the city bell and give them the kid. But then you know, like the the bell was getting barricaded. Okay, plan B, we have to circle around them and get to the bell. Like I don't remember line by line, so I apologize. But you get what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like basically, every time when they try to get on top of the city bell, one thing comes after another. So like, okay, plan B failed. So time for plan C. <laughs> And I will admit, it was pretty cool to see Buck take out two of those alien mechs with just a trash can lid. Ha <laughs> ha! And that's what I call taking out the trash! God, these puns <laughs> in these movies. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> and in the final confrontation where, you know, they confront, like, you know, Kirby's father, he has this, like, big booming voice, like, intimidating voice saying that, oh, he's going to eradicate them for violating, like, you know, outer yeah. space laws or some shit like that. But then all of a sudden, his wife comes in. And he's like, Gerald, I, I don't remember the alien's name, but he's like, what are you doing? That's no way to treat our guests and turn <laughs> off the, the big voice. Oh, but I love the big voice. It makes me sound more intimidating. <laughs> you have stolen our son. Hey, hey, look, buddy, you left your son behind. And that's bad parenting. And I should know that. So at least Buck yeah. admitted that he was a <laughs> shitty father. So he Kirby say, but what about all those planets that you crossed out in your ship? Oh, no, we were looking for acorns, like <laughs> yeah, you said. so silly. And then one of the biggest punchlines in the movie, Chicken Low is finally recognized as a hero. Well, not really. He's not an outcast anymore. Like, they recognize him as a hero because he essentially saved the town. Then they're like, oh, i like to see the movie they make out of you this time. You think they'll stay true to source material? Son, these people are from Hollywood. If there's one thing they can do that's right, it's not <laughs> mess with a good story. Bro. The irony right? in that And then sentence. cut to big budget <laughs> chicken little movie starring Adam West as a freaking spaceman chicken little in a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Millions of asteroids are coming towards our ship. You know what that means? Yes. The sky is falling. Yeah. Like, I think Runt is like his co-pilot and Fish is like Fish talks. He's like the guy in the chair with all the computers. And uh, the ugly duckling Abby is like gorgeous. <laughs> oh, Ace. Abby. 
Abby. Ace. Abby. <laughs> oh, yeah. And early in that movie, uh, Chicken Little's bully, Boxy Loxy, she was like, you know, a generic school bully until like early in the film. Like, you know, she got changed to like this happy, cheerful lady. Or, you know, yeah, this, like this little essentially a nice girl. <laughs> and, and then like Run becomes friends with her, right? Like the aliens were about to change her back to normal and Run was like, no, no, <laughs> she's perfect. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think she actually got abducted by the aliens. And speaking of relationships, Abby and Chicken Little. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that wasn't flushed out enough. I'm like, yeah. I mean, there were a little bit hints here and there because, you know, Abby yeah. clearly cared for Chicken Little. Yeah. Like, you know, his relationship with his father. But then all of a sudden, like, you know, the last few minutes, oh, hey. No, it, it's a funny moment time. because they're in the, they're like hiding out in the debris and Chicken's like, all right, I got to go and do this important mission. He runs up and he just sprints back and he's like, also, I've always wanted to let you know, I've always found you extremely attractive and like kisses her on the spot. <laughs> like, like you said, so out of nowhere, they really could have built up a lot more. But I'm, I find it very funny that because they decided not to build it up more, that they had that stupid gag where he literally runs in and says, yeah, I actually like you. <laughs> like you said, um, it's just quite funny, but I agree. Could have used maybe a little bit more work. You know, Chicken Little's focus in the film never really, the, the character Chicken Little, his focus never really seems to be on his friends. He's always worried about the alien and his dad. So he never even really has time to tell anyone like, oh, I like that Abby. I really like her. You know, but again, and uh, going over the credits when they do a rendition of "Don't Go Breaking My Heart," like, yeah, it's so full I of heart. Like every character shows up, they they sing a line or they dance. It's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's on Spotify. my Disney playlist. Now that you mention it, yeah, <laughs> it's on my Disney playlist too. I'm like, the fact that we have <laughs> the Chicken Little rendition of "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" on our Disney playlist of all things. Let that sink so, in. So, yeah. So, maybe that's a sign that the soundtrack, even though we kind of dragged it through the mud for not being particularly original, uh, maybe it's not as bad as you might think <laughs> going in. Forget the soundtrack. This alone solidifies that how much we love this yeah, movie, despite absolutely. all its negatives. I might even say that I'm a diehard fan. Okay, like, maybe not a diehard yeah, fan, but this I like a good this movie. movie a lot. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I feel like when we mention all these negatives... We kind of go over their positives as well. So I feel like all of their flaws yeah. and benefits yeah. go hand in hand. So I think that's why we like this movie. We like this movie because, yeah, all these flaws are extremely noticeable, but they're so fun to laugh at and make fun of that you can't help Absolutely. but like this movie. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of both of us, but that's the reason why I love this movie. More or less agree. Yeah, like like you said, a lot of these... Uh... It's just a lot of heart. You know, a lot of people think of this movie and they think, oh, it's just a generic movie that Disney's just pushing to show everyone that they can do CGI. But I don't, I, I see a lot of heart. I read about, I read on the Wikipedia article before we did this video, I read they really looked to old Disney content for how they wanted to style all the character models, all of the lighting effects. I think they really did write a pretty solid story, even though a lot of people would obviously disagree with that. I do like the direction they chose with the characters and the, relationships and the twist on the classic fairy tale so yeah like eric said I, I think there are a lot of pros to be found even when you're looking at the cons and i do like this movie it's it's a um, a pretty solid film i definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it just even if you end up hating it i do think it's worth checking out you know but if you really want to express your opinions you can let us know in the discord server have you seen chicken little if so what do you think of it is it as bad or as good as you remembered do you actually hate it? Do you think we were wrong calling it a good movie? 
curious. Yeah, we want to see really your curious take on it. And if you haven't seen it, I officially challenge you to go watch it and let us know in the Discord what you thought of it after your first viewing, 15 years after it came out. Final conclusion, yes, Chicken Little conceptually is a bad movie. But when you bypass all the negatives, it's actually a fun little yeah. movie that and, you and, get laughed again, at. Again, there is a lot of heart in there, even though a lot of people may not see it. I would argue that there definitely is some stuff packed into there that you might not have expected at first glance. With that said, thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow our Instagram page at Geeks Crossing and be sure to listen to our podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please join our Discord server where fun people <laughs> yeah, talk Thanks with. for tuning Trust in, us. guys. And my final suggestion will be to check out the Chicken Little soundtrack on Spotify. <laughs> or, you know what, wherever you're listening to us right now, Go to the search bar and type in Chicken Little Zantrag. <laughs> Don't go breaking my heart. <laughs> <laughs>